0: That's right, Packers fans. We're back for another Monday edition of Let's Talk Football. It's Aaron Nagler, with Cheesehead TV, and of course Andy Herman from the Packaday Podcast, Packer Report, and purveyor of fine Packer takes everywhere across the internet, including mm-hmm. YouTube. Make sure you subscribe, people. Andy, another losing Monday. We can't. When was the last time we had a victory Monday? Like over a month ago? And over a month ago. I can't even handle this. So, uh, what do we got on the ship? That's good. To paraphrase from. Apollo 13. I mean, I want to start from a positive place because God knows this is probably, I mean, who knows, but probably rock bottom for the Green Bay Packers. What do they have that they can lean on at this point, especially in a game against a a very should have been inferior opponent? They go in and obviously lose that game and lose a bunch of players to injury along the way.
1: Where do the Packers stand right now? Well, if we're if we want to talk some good news, Kylan Hill one carry seven yards, seven go. yard average. That is a a great place to start. I love that that was his only snap. I know, and he gets a <laughs> seven yard carry. Like, but it's just great to see him out there. That's a yes. positive. True. Um, Kingsley and Igbari makes a play every given week, even though it got stolen away from him because of a stupid penalty. It still makes at least a play every given week. So that's a positive trending in the right direction. Uh, the defense certainly had some positive takeaways. I, I would say there's times where they played some inopportune defense in this game, but overall tough to, tough to blame too much on the the firing Joe Barry's uh, and uh, all the things that are going on in the defensive Fiery side of the ball. Joe Barry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, I, I don't know. There's, there's not a, a, a lot of positives. I actually, and I know we wanted to stay positives on this. No, one, no, but,
0: no, that was enough. That's it. I get it. Um, go, I actually, I, down. one of the
1: things I mentioned is like, Every single time we actually felt like we could sink our teeth into something positive, uh, something negative immediately happened, whether it was an injury or you've got the Lazard, like Lazard catches a big touchdown pass. Oh, actually, he's down at the one yard line. Yep. Jair gets an interception. That's awesome. Two plays later, interception right back. Toure. Like just a phenomenal fourth down catch. We're going to be able to sink our teeth into a Samari Toure, amazing catch on fourth down, which it was. But on the exact same play, he almost fumbles the game away um, on the play as well. And Igbari gets a sack, and you get an awful roughing the passer penalty. You get a missed extra point. The ball actually bounced in your foot. Nope, actually, Jair Alexander ran into the kicker on the play. Lazard huge fourth down reception. Actually, no, it just went to the ground. Yeah, it was just like. (laughs) But he got to go like this
0: on the ground, so that was cool.
1: Yes, he did get to do that. But man, like every single time you. Felt like all right like that's a positive it was like yep. no actually actually no, no
0: no 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 all right all right now that you've depressed me thoroughly um look <laughs> I mean obviously coming off of that game there the number one underlying question has got to be what is wrong with Aaron Rodgers that is the poorest game I've watched him play in a very long time and I know the Twitter mob will say, oh, you're a hater or whatever. And I, you know, very much can set those people to ignore. But, man, if we're talking real talk here, Rodgers did not look right in that game. And this is coming off, uh, I thought, a couple weeks where he actually looked like he was turning his season around. Yeah. started like, The Washington game, I thought he played pretty well. And in Buffalo, I actually thought when he had opportunities, he made the most of them. And he played, he seemed to be playing better as the year progressed. But man, that all came crashing down in Detroit. I have no idea what to make of that performance.
1: Yeah, sort of my my roller coaster with Aaron Rodgers this year was like it started off poorly, and I'm like, guys, by the end of the season, this is going to be a footnote that we're all laughing about because it's Aaron Rodgers. And, and we've you know, seen like, that
0: before, right? We've, we've seen, seen it before, before, right? Start like,
1: before, sure, not, yeah. no reason to panic. Everything's going to be cool. And then the like for me, it was okay. He's not playing as bad as you think. But I think the disappointing aspect is that he's not elevating the team around him. He's not lifting everyone up like you would expect. He's not winning the games that like before he had the ability to win sort of in and of himself. And, you know, while disappointing, like kind of understandable, but like probably not quite as bad as you thought. And then you get to this game. Holy crap. Like, first of all, like you can point to pretty much 24 points. Like right off the bat, because you've got the, obviously the right off the linebackers helmet on the pass to Lazard that looks behind him anyway. Yep. Um, then you've got the David Bakhtiari interception. That's probably 14 points right there. You've got the missed touchdown to Samore Touré. That's probably seven more. And then you've got the interception to Tunyon when they're in the, at like at the 23 yard line. That's probably three right there. That's probably 24 points off the board that you can point pretty clearly to Aaron Rodgers and say, you're like, okay, <laughs> like on that's him. on you. It's um, on him. Then you've yes. got uh, more. There's another play where Samari Turi is streaking down the middle of the field. There's a play where Lazard and Tunyon are wide open in the middle of the field. There's a play where Josiah DeGuara that I tweeted that I think now mm-hmm. everyone and their mother has retweeted. Yep. Um, that is, uh, he's wide open in the middle of the field. Roger's looking right at him. Clean pocket. No, no trigger. Like it. It was the most disconcerting. I, I think there's been maybe a couple games here or there that have probably been maybe slightly worse or just never got anything going. That was the most disconcerting and off putting, and just can like overall concerning Aaron Rodgers performance that I ever saw because, um, man, there was just so much bad, and it's just you're not used to seeing that from that player,
0: yes. And that's the thing to me, it's the player who look, we, we've we talked about this plenty throughout this season as far as what they want to be doing on offense, what they want to lean into. And I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and I know, funnily enough, I think John Kuhn has echoed this on his radio show, what is their bread and butter? What is the thing that when everything's falling apart, when the chips are down, whatever cliche you want to use, that they will, like, they can lean into and say, this is what we do. This is who we are. I don't think they have one other than we're going to let Aaron Rodgers do stuff at the line of scrimmage. And to me, with this supporting cast, I don't know how they continue to operate on offense. I really don't. I don't know how they can look at that performance and say, yes, this is a way forward offensively.
1: And I think the the troubling thing is that like, there's no easy answer, right? Like um, they, they, they can't run block uh, well enough to do it consistently. And the, the box is usually stacked against them. They can't hit verticals, the horizontal, the teams are all over. I mean, this was... Yeah, talk about disconcerting. I don't think I've ever seen as many wide receivers on the ground off of press man coverage as I saw wide receivers on the ground in this game. Like Detroit just bullied the Packers at the line of scrimmage and their wide receivers and wide receivers were consistently on the ground. So I thought, and I know Ben Fennel and I talked about this on Twitter. I thought it was the, one of the worst wide receiver performances I've ever seen from Sammy Watkins. Like there's just so oh. much. And like,
0: oh, Sammy. I mean, they got to sign winfrey from the practice squad and just let sammy sit and be in case of emergency break glass at this point he offers absolutely nothing and it's funny you say about the wide receiver yes guys getting beat up at the line scrimmage it's funny if you go back and you watch the week before they're playing a ton of zone they fire their secondary coordinator their pass game coordinator on defense and they played a ton of man or at least man match and like you said They just beat guys up off the line of scrimmage. And the other thing that kind of jumped out to me watching the cutups is how many times do you see guys run their route? Well, I'll use that in quotes and get to a point either the top of their route or let's say it's a comeback, right? The 15 yard thing on the sideline that they love to give that comeback route or in the middle of the field. And just they turn and they look at the quarterback and that's it. Stopped, um, yeah. And then Aaron starts to maybe scramble, try to escape the pocket, as he's done throughout his career. This team, these receivers, they have no clue what to do when it's time for this out-of-phase part that Aaron has been pretty successful at throughout his career. But man, there is nobody on this team, especially with Randall Cobb on the sideline, where you can see they're thinking the same thing. You can see when he's out of structure, okay, I know, I got to break open or get down or come back, work back to the quarterback. You don't see any of that play after play after play of guys just running whatever the pre- prescribed route might be. And then it's just
1: dead. There is uh there's obviously the old adage of like run every route. Like you're the targeted receiver on the play. Right. Yep. And even if you're like, you know, the ball is not you're coming just your a, way, Even it, if you're just a clear out guy. Exactly. Yep. Right. And you can tell that there's a lot of plays where wide receivers are just on dummy routes in this yep. offense. Like yep. there are clearly some progressions that wide receivers are running clear outs, dummy routes, et cetera. They're, they're not involved in the play. That doesn't give you carte blanche to just be like, I'm going to just jog down the field and then not do anything. Like this is a quarterback who will extend plays, who will, has the ability to throw to any layer of the field that he wants at basically any time. And you have to keep yourself available and moving because even though the play is designed as a rollout to the right, at any given moment, Rogers might end up on the left and looking at your side no matter what. And this is just a, a wide receiver group that plays with very little urgency, that doesn't play um, you know, through the whistle. And it's it's just all bad, Aaron. Like this it was is. this Man. was the this was the most tape that I ever watched uh for offensively and just out loud in my office just yelled, holy shit. <laughs> like, what is going, like, I've never, it, it's insane. Man, and I really
0: do think, and it's so upsetting in the sense of being able to kind of see the trajectory coming off that Buffalo game where I, I, would, I would push back on your contention that they don't run block well. I that think that's very true, true in certain in certain cases against certain fronts when they're trying to do certain things, i.e. and you know where I'm going with this, when they have so much RPO built in, yeah. So, that they're always in the shotgun, so they're always running zone out of the gun, and inevitably, yeah, they get pushed back. They don't make a great line for the back to get up and press that hole, and then make maybe hopefully get a cutback lane. That happens, but very, very rarely, as opposed to what we saw in Buffalo, where there was a ton of angles, there was a ton of man, there was a ton of power. A ton like they ran counter, and they tried counter, I think, once in this game in Detroit, it got blown up, and they never ran it again. But it's right. like you've seen them able the ability to do that but they just will i mean that's like last resort there's no way we want to run that with any regularity because it means our quarterback isn't the feature of the offense and to me that's the crux of it and now we can tiptoe around it all we want and i know i think a lot of people have been for a good part of the season but if nothing else what that performance in detroit kind of crystallizes is aaron jones has to be has to be the focal point of the offense or they're just going to be meandering through the second half of the season. I don't understand what they're trying to accomplish with a group of wide receivers that changes week in and week out due to injury and effectiveness, et cetera. And then you have Aaron Rodgers at the line of scrimmage with these static sets very little motion and he's drawn up he's doing things he's making signals who knows how much of it is dummy how much of it is actually being taken into account etc but it's clear as we were just talking about that these people are not on the same page in any way shape or form when it comes to what they're reading across the line of scrimmage both pre and post snap so to me how else are you supposed to make anything work on offense if
1: you don't feature the guy behind the quarterback instead of the quarterback and it goes back to your point of like, again, what's the bread and butter on offense, right? Like, what is it that you're on? What is it that you can go to when things get tough? And there just isn't anything like that. And, and it just goes to should show as well. Like, and I pointed this out before the season started going back and looking at last year, because I went back and looked at all the touchdown drives and it was just constantly like, Right. 15 play drives, 80 yard drives, like it, it just, all of it, like the the explosive plays were not there and the ability to get, you know, short field situations, the defense wasn't giving them those opportunities. The special teams wasn't giving those opportunities. It was so hard now without Devonte Adams. I mean, man, trying to go 17 plays, 16 plays, 15 plays, whatever it is, 80 yards is just insanely hard for this offense. Right. Well, especially without a
0: guy that reads it like Aaron does and knows how to adjust and knows what he's seeing and what he wants him to do. That's gotta be good for a third down conversion or two every drive.
1: Right. Yeah, you sure. would think, and like, you know, obviously the, the lack of explosive playmakers is there, but like, man, you just got to find a way to like, even I'll go back to the Lazard touchdown that they actually scored in this game. I think it's actually a, a perfect example of just how difficult offense is for this team 100%, in, order, yes. in order to get that touchdown to Lazard Rogers is getting crushed on the play. Um, the, the, play's kind of breaking down Rogers has to throw a beyond beautiful, perfect ball, perfect ball, right. To uh, like falling down Lazard, who Jeff Okuda is basically in perfect coverage on the play. My guess is if we had the next gen stats for that, that's probably like a 14% completed pass or something like that. It takes a level of perfection from basically Rogers on that play to just complete a touchdown. Like that's where this offense is. And you just can't sustain anything that way.
0: There's there's no chance unless you turn to Aaron Jones. And that's the thing. And I don't yeah. know if they'll they'll allow themselves to go that route because that means Aaron Rodgers isn't in control. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just boggles my mind. Again, the definition of insanity, same thing, again and again and again and expecting different results. That's the Packers' offense. And I don't know if they're just too stubborn, too egotistical. And I say they, I mean Matt and Aaron. Because to me, unless they make a drastic change in how they want to approach Offensive football in the year 2022, this is it. Like, they're done. And we're just going to see more of the same for the remainder of the season. Before history is written,
1: Bobby Orr, it
0: the it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver. It's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
0: kind yeah. of blows it kind of blows my mind. I wanted to ask a little bit about um that speaking of like going forward in the season, obviously they have a bit of a gauntlet coming up here as far as opponents go between the Cowboys, Titans and Eagles. Those are three really good football teams although I mean the Titans game last night we'll throw that out because of the backup QB, but you know you you look at the the path forward and you almost have to think that the defense is going to have to keep them in these games if they have any hope. And even with the performance yesterday, and I thought it was pretty good, pretty solid. There's still so much kind of undisciplined play and so much. And I know Campbell's out and Walker's doing the calls and et cetera. So there's, there's some forgiveness there, but it was, it was interesting to see how, you know, even Jair, who I thought had a really good game has that boneheaded penalty. This team just seems so undisciplined and it's just, it's frustrating to watch week after week, but if there's a side of the ball that's going to need to keep them in games and give them chances to win. It's got to be the defensive side of the ball, right?
1: I agree. But, you know, clearly now Rashawn Gary has the injury where he's out for the year. And I would very much argue that that's exactly what happened against the worst team in football. One of the worst teams in football in the Detroit lions, your defense kept you in the game all game long. And you could put up nine points against by far and away the worst defense in football through the entirety of that game. And like, if you look at like net, like how I kind of view like net points in that game for the defense, right? So it's 15, but technically if there's not the special teams penalty, it's probably what 13. And then they get the interception to give the Packers the ball at the 23 yard line, which should be a gift of three points to the offense. So I look at that as like a net 10. I, I view this as like a net 10 game for the defense. Like they basically allowed like 10 points and that should win you almost every game, especially against a team that has the worst defense in football and this offense just could not get out of its own way enough to make that happen. And the other thing is like this defense is not set up to consistently stop the run. We've seen that for right. a long time. Now, yep. this defense is set up when they had Rashawn Gary and were completely healthy to like, if you had a 10 point lead to go and get after the quarterback with Gary and Preston and Clark and those guys up front, probably a little bit more Devonte Wyatt if the, the threat of run wasn't there. Um, play the fast linebackers in Campbell and Quay. You've got your three cover guys at corner play Amos and Savage deep back on the, you know, in the, you know, deep third of the field or whatever. Um, That's what they're set up for. So now you're asking your defense that was set up for one thing to play a different brand of football, because the entire, the offense has everything at their disposal on every given play. They can run, they can play action, they can pass, they can spread, they can do whatever they want. And it's just making things super complicated for the defense and making them do all of the heavy lifting, which probably isn't fair either. And then again, even like you look at this this defense, which again, I'm not putting anything on the defense in this game, but you have the drive before halftime where it's like, if you can just hold to a field goal here, it's going to feel like, okay, instead they allow the touchdown and the two point conversion. And then as soon as Green Bay gets the touchdown, as soon as Green Bay gets the six points to go right back in it, right. the, uh, what they go, 70-yard uh, touchdown drive, 13 plays, 70 yards, and a touchdown to make it a two-possession game. It's just like the one time, like, can you, can you get, just get the ball back that one time just, so that Green Bay has the opportunity to go up on offense? And instead it's like, nope, now it's a two-possession game.
0: Yeah, it, it's exceedingly frustrating. I want to drill down a little bit on the defensive side because you mentioned the obvious injury to Rashawn Gary. That is absolutely the worst possible thing that could have happened on yep. this on this defense. I will say though, I am excited for the opportunity that Enigbari will have. Now he has flashed pretty much every game he's gotten a chance to get Agreed. significant reps with, uh, with the starters. I, I don't. No one expects him to come in there and be Rashawn Gary. That's. Let's get that out of the way. And I gotta suspect they make some kind of move there, maybe to bolster that position. But I am excited to see him. But and to your point about Wyatt, is it it's about time to see a lot more of him, I think. I don't I understand some of the some of the maybe misgivings and or trepidation about playing him a lot or playing him even more in, in general, but it's gotta be time. I think every time he's out there, I I'm pretty impressed. Like, no, is it perfect? No, of course not. He's a rookie and he's learning on the fly, but he's only gonna learn and get better by playing. And right now, I've seen enough and it's been kind of Maybe not exciting, but tantalizing enough.
1: Can we get this kid on the field a little bit more? The crazy thing is with why. And clearly the technique is not there. And that's what's keeping him off the field. He plays a bit too high, doesn't play with great leverage, gets kind of moved out of the, the screen a little bit in the run game. Those are things that he needs to clean up. But usually with defensive linemen, that that's the issue. sometimes maybe not always, but a lot of times it's like due to lack of like effort or intensity. This kid is flying around making tackles like 20, 30 yards downfield when he's in there, the hustle, the heart, the intensity, those things are all there. It is very clear that he wants to be a good player. So it's like, what is the disconnect of this player who clearly wants to be really good is clearly insanely talented physically. Um, what he can do just athletically is crazy. And, but like why why, are, why can we not get him to play with a little bit better leverage? Like, to, to me – and I get that part of that's going to fall the responsibility on Devontae Wyatt's shoulders. But, like – and I, Jerry Montgomery, very good coach. But, like, something's got to give there. You have this ball of clay that's hustling, that's working his ass off on the field. Like, how can you not get him to play just with a little bit better technique to make it so that he right. can be on the field more? And even if he's not, like you said, like, it is – and how is he going to learn? Probably by being well, on the field. that's
0: – so that's what I was going to respond with. It's, like, the only way that gets better – because you're not – how much of that can you really get accomplished yeah. in practice? You know what I mean? Like the only way that improves is if he gets on the job training. You know, yeah. and I know it sounds weird and it sounds like, wait a second, like it shouldn't, you know, shouldn't they be doing that in practice? And they do. Of course they drill technique, et cetera. But man, there is no replication for live game reps. And at this point, that's the way he's going to improve, at least to my eyes. And to your point, I mean, there is zero doubt when it comes to effort, when it comes to physicality, it comes to athleticism, it's all there. It's just he's got to improve, and the only way he does is by playing. Um, the other injury, though, I think it's kind of the one that we haven't got an update on yet. We may have – maybe you saw it, but – because I know we got an update on Dobbs, Jones, and Gary, but I didn't see anything on Stokes yet. I have not either. So, I mean, depending on that, and I'm kind of fascinated to see what this secondary looks like if Stokes is out for any amount of time starting Sunday against the Cowboys, if they have – you know, a week of prepping with Douglas and Jair on the outside, and then Keyshawn Nixon at at slot slash corner, nickel corner. I don't hate that. I got no. to admit, I no, don't no. hate it. And it sucks to say that in in the wake of an injury. I understand. Like, I hope, really do hope Stokes heals up and gets back out there. But I don't hate the idea of Douglas playing the perimeter opposite Jair, and I don't hate Nixon getting some slots in the uh, snap, snaps in the slot. I don't hate it
1: there's, there's an argument to be made that their two best outside corners are Douglas and Jair. And there's an argument to be made that their best, like true slot corner. I mean, clearly from a coverage standpoint, it's Jair. Right. But like right. from like an overall, like I can stop the wrong in, right. right. in the system. Right. the system, like, that is, it might be Keyshawn Nixon. So like, I, again, we don't, nobody's hoping that Stokes gets hurt, but like, I'm not, like you said, I don't hate this, uh, this, for, like how they would line up. And I think, um, I think Nixon can probably bring some much needed physicality in the slot there and just be a little bit better tackler. I've I've been kind of wanting a little bit more Nixon and Ford just because they're going to get in there, especially with how much teams are running against green Bay. Like they just need a little bit better. You know,
0: they're going to fly to the ball and they're going to like bring some suddenness. And I was so funny. That's the thing that kind of really popped out at me, watching the tape on both sides of the ball here. See, we can, we can bring this together here at the end. When you look at both the Packers' defense and the offense, the lack of suddenness from anybody, especially on the perimeter, but just kind of overall, is kind of glaring. And I understand it's you know a little bit like you know, okay, they're playing on a different surface, et cetera. but man, the the lack of just suddenness, the the release yeah. to the ball, the 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 not thinking about it and just going, reacting and and flying to the football. It's shocking when you look at it on tape, at least to me. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of the first time that's really jumped out at me on both sides where it's like, man, it looks like this team is in quicksand a little bit. And I don't know know. if that's mental. I don't know if, if, again, if that's surface, but it was noticeable in this game.
1: No, I totally agree with you. And it's not really always fair to compare teams to like a Super Bowl team, but think back to 2010 for a second. And like I was thinking of this last week, Rashawn Gary, Jair Alexander, clearly very good players. You put those two on the 2010 team. I think those guys are probably somewhere around fifth, sixth, like fifth, sixth best player on that team. And you talk about suddenness. Nick Collins, sudden. Tremont Williams and Sam Shields that season, extremely sudden. Charles Woodson, extremely sudden. Clay Matthews, sudden. Cullen Jenkins in the middle of that defense, sudden. Like, you go on the offensive side of the ball, Greg Jennings, that wide receiver, Sudden. And, like, obviously, they had a a plethora of wide receivers that could do a lot of stuff after the catch. But, like, man, that defense and what they could do, um, it was just a totally different animal. And, like, yeah, this, this defense, I think we all thought, you know, maybe it didn't have those, you know, top one or two players. Obviously, Jair and Gary, very, very good, no question about it. But, like, we thought that maybe, like... The, the the ninth, tenth, eleventh best players are still good enough. Where it's like it's probably better than your Frank Zambos and Charlie Peppers. No, no disrespect to Frank Zambos and Charlie yeah, Peppers, but, but like the, the talent floor was, well, seemed a little higher. Yes, but like totally the, clearly the la- the the lack of just pure playmaking on this team in any facet. And then once in a while, you clearly we've seen it from Rashawn Gary, you know prior to the injury, clearly we saw it from Jair Alexander on a couple of different occasions these past couple of weeks. Your your playmakers that you have are, are trying to do their best to make a play here and there. It's just not enough. They just don't have enough of it.
0: I very much agree, which brings me to the game on Sunday. Are we thinking uh, this is just Mike McCarthy's squad coming into Lambeau and having a, a good old time, or do you think the Packers put up a fight?
1: I think this team will fight. Uh, like this is just going to be a team. You were so
0: you sounded so defeated as you said it. That's, that's
1: like yeah, pretty much because I, it I think that's where we're at, uh, to be honest. But like, it just there, I think yeah. it's going to be one of those teams where it's just it's going to be this annoying, like they're going to be within a score in every single game. It doesn't matter if they're playing the bears, the lions, the Cowboys, you know, Mm -hmm. even the bills, like the bills probably could have blown them out a lot more, but it's like, it's like a 10 point game at the end. And it's like, you're still staying a little bit frisky. Like, I think that's just going to be kind of the way of this team moving forward, where it's going to be a little, you know, pesky, a little bit annoying, but at the end of the game, like I don't think they're going to be that much of a threat to the Cowboys. And maybe they pick up a win against the Cowboys or the Titans or one of these teams. And like, sweet like that ball bounces their way like any given Sunday
0: these things can happen no doubt about it but I think if you look at the whole
1: it's not going to be pretty the remainder of the season I think only
0: only another half of the season to go Andy can't wait (laughs) I'm
1: really excited
0: can't wait uh Andy you're always an absolute legend for joining me every Monday for this talk because I really appreciate it and look I want to give a shout out to everybody who ever like sends us messages tweets us whatever because you guys you're amazing. You're always so complimentary. I really appreciate it. Agreed. Uh, and, and 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 look, Andy, this is this is a joy. And you make what has already been a really hard season a, a lot easier just having someone to talk ball with. So thanks so right much. I got you, man. I'll talk to you next week. Can't wait. Let's
1: do it.